0: are talking about Thanksgiving, we finished Genesis. You're like, going, well, thank goodness it only took us nine months, ten months. Eleven months. Not quite. But we're going to talk about what Thanksgiving looks like. What does Thanksgiving look like? And I am curious, what kind of things... Uh, do, does anybody have any traditions that you do on Thanksgiving? I know growing up our Thanksgiving was always with the cousins. We'd have all of the cousins all the families would get together and there was a bunch of us cousins and we loved it because it was like cousins are your first friends right and uh, and we would we would go to the cousins house and some of them lived out in Sio and some of them lived in Sweet Home, and we lived in Waterloo, and and there was all kinds of trouble. You, I mean, all kinds of fun you could have <laughs> when the cousins got together. So I'm curious, who wants to share one of your Thanksgiving traditions? Just lift your hand. You yeah. What? You play games. What kind of games? Well, gin rummy or pictionary. You play games. Okay, I would say it was going to be Texas Hold'em, but. <laughs> no no, no. <laughs> okay i'm just kidding with you. play games all right somebody else has a have a thanksgiving tradition sochi um, just sitting at the table eating our food before we, give, we always say thank you for what we have all right the big big thanks for what we have somebody else have a thanksgiving tradition elva And it was always a laughing and joking, and it was a wonderful time. Okay, and what's your specialty? What do, what do you bring? Well, I brought salads and that, but huh. I'm going to make a, t- a salad with pasta salad this time, and oh. nobody in my house likes it this old lady. But you, you like it. Okay. <laughs> uh, that, so note from Elva, always bring something that you like to Thanksgiving, and you won't go away hungry. Anybody else? Yes. Avalane. thank you for the year. A thank you for the year. Amen. All right, Kathy. One year I forgot to take the windpipe out of the turkey when I cooked it. And when it came to the table and they were slicing it and they turned it over and squawked. Oh! Well, that would be an event, wouldn't it? I've never had my, tur- my turkey talk to me. Anybody else have one? All right. Well, we have all kinds of different things we look forward to for Thanksgiving. Today, I want to concentrate on what the Bible says. We're going to talk about what does Thanksgiving look like from Colossians chapter 3. So turn there with me. Colossians chapter 3. We're going to read a couple of verses about Thanksgiving. And I'm sure that when this was written, Paul wasn't thinking about the American tradition of Thanksgiving. But I think he, he is going to share with us some things that we need to consider when we celebrate our big day. So Colossians three twelve to 17. So, as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion... Kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bearing with one another, forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Beyond all of these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity let the peace of christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you are called in one body and be thankful let the word of christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing with thankfulness in your hearts to god and whatever you do in word or deed do all in the name of the lord jesus giving thanks through him to god the father well there's a lot in here about what thanksgiving should look like and the first one is understanding who you are in christ who are you in christ you are chosen you are holy And you are beloved. When we come to thanksgiving, we need to remember who we are. We need to remember what God has done for us. And as we come to Him, we remember who we are in Him. 1 Peter 2 9 and 10 says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy priesthood nation, A people of God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellency of him who has called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. For you once were not his people, but now you are the people of God. You, have not re- you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Aren't you thankful that God gave us his mercy? I am I am so thankful. And we talk about all of these these things that he he calls us. We're a chosen race. We're a holy priesthood, a royal priesthood. Have you put on your royal robes lately? You should. You're a priest. I was reading in Ezekiel, Ezekiel today that the priests had to put on their robes that were sanctified before they could go before the Lord. We need to put on our robe of prayer, right? We need to be putting on the robe of the royal priesthood because that allows us access to God. And what? And we have all of these things. Why? To proclaim His excellencies. It's. It's not for us. We don't. We don't give boxes. The, to Operation Christmas Child or turkey boxes so that Eastside can stand up and say, Oh, look at us. We give it because it's in the name of Jesus. We give it in the name of Jesus so He can be glorified. Well, how do you dress for Christmas or for Thanksgiving? You know, some people, you go to their house and everybody's dressed up, they got all their they're nice and on. In other places you may go and uh, they, everybody has sweatpants on so that they, they can eat a little more, right? And, and if you're, if you're you know, one of those folks who, who shop much, you can get those elastic expander things. <laughs> Did you know that? See, that's, that's why you wear suspenders, right? But no, people dress differently for Thanksgiving, I don't know how you dress. You can come as you are. When we were kids, we always had we had to wear our good clothes, right? We had to wear our good clothes to get to Thanksgiving. But boy, as soon as dinner was over, man, we had our grubbies. You always brought a bag with grubbies in it because we were headed out. We were headed down to the river or out in the, out in the woods. But how do you dress? What is the wardrobe? What is the wardrobe of thanksgiving? And I want you to see what Paul lists the wardrobe of thanksgiving. Compassion and kindness, humility, and, and, and uh, gentleness and patience. That's the wardrobe that we should be wearing at thanksgiving. You see, you know, I, I guarantee you, a week from now, Uh, Nobody's going to say, oh, I remember what Ben wore at the Thanksgiving table. They won't remember that. But they will remember if I dressed in one of these and I showed compassion or kindness or humility or gentleness or patience. If I showed that, if if I wore that at the table, they will notice that. And let's start with compassion. Matthew 9:36 is seeing the people he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. that's what Jesus did. Jesus saw people that were hurting He saw the folks and if you if you go to Matthew chapter 9 you're going to read about how he was going from village to village and he was healing people and he was, and, and there were places where he would stop and, and they would, he would feed 5,000? And did he do it? Because, oh, well, we need to have the numbers, right? Because sometimes we get hooked up on numbers. Oh, we need to have, you know, we have this big event. We need to have all these people here. I want you to think about that. Jesus at one time fed 5,000, said 5,000 men plus women and children, he healed innumerable number of people. I mean, so many that you could go through the Bible, you wouldn't count them all because they, they would just kind of lump them and say, and everybody who came was healed. Another time, he, he fed 4,000. Was he all about the numbers? In Acts chapter 1, how many people were in the upper room? When everything was said and done from his ministry, of three and a half years, how many people were in the upper room? hundred and twenty. In the book of Acts, when they when Jesus ascended and they gathered in the upper room to wait for Pentecost, as he said, there was a hundred and twenty. He had healed thousands, he had fed thousands. There was hundred and twenty. We don't, we don't, he didn't have compassion. Because he wanted the numbers. He had compassion. Why? Because they were distressed. They were dispirited. They were like a sheep without a shepherd. He had compassion because they had a need. Not so that he could look great. Philippians 2, 1 and 2 says, Therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any consolation of love, if there is any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection or compassion make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in the Spirit, intent on one purpose, and that one purpose is having the world see Jesus through us. He said, they shall know you by your love, and compassion is the is that part of us that reaches out and touches people. The next one in the line is kindness. Did you and it's one of the fruits of the spirit. Isn't that great? If you look at this list and look at his other list that we that we talked about in the wardrobe, there's several of them in there, but the fruit of the spirit is. Love, joy, patient, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Aren't you glad that those things aren't outlawed? Amen? And right in the middle of that is kindness. How much does it cost to be kind? Absolutely Zero. And I'm not talking about the random acts of kindness. Those are fun. One of the th- things I really I enjoy doing is uh, I, if I'm going through a fast food drive drive up. I do that sometimes in the morning, and I'll drive through and I'll I'll say I want to pay for the person behind me, and normally I get away before they realize what's going on, uh, because you know most drive-thrus are pretty. Cool, but, the other day, I got stuck because my biscuit wasn't quite ready yet. And they had me pull up, and that was before I knew that that, that was going to happen. And all of a sudden, this lady pulls up to the window to pay. And she hears, That guy paid for your meal. She got a big smile on her face. I'm looking in the rearview mirror, and she starts clapping. <laughs> Best five bucks I ever spent. This, this She pulls up beside me and she's going, thank you so much. You would have thought I would have given her a steak dinner. Kindness. And I, but that's not what I'm talking about. Kindness is not just an action. Kindness is who we are or who we should be. It's an attitude. It's what we do. It's it's the way we become. I hope when I die, somebody says, at my funeral, he was a kind person. Because that's what we need more of, isn't it? And kindness, I mean, I want you to think about it. Can you have kindness when you drive? Amen. I love going to Hawaii. You go to Hawaii and they have all these bumper stickers. Drive with aloha and they do you know how much it means when you just go let somebody pull out get in get in line ahead of you when you're trying to get out of Costco (laughs) right little act of kindness did that make their day you can you can show kindness when you're driving you can show kindness you know, the other day, you know, you're standing in line you, and you go to any, pretty much any supermarket today. There's some of them that get a little bit of a bad rap, but there's like a big old line. And you see the person behind you has one item. Come on. Go ahead. Did that cost you anything? Maybe a couple minutes. But that person feels, wow. Somebody was kind to me. One of the things I used to love when I drove bus, city bus over in Corvallis was just, it doesn't matter who it was that would come on the bus, I would make sure I greeted them. Make sure that I knew that they were welcome on my bus and that they were appreciated. And this guy got on my bus one day and I, I mean it was just a normal, good morning sir, how are you? And he came and he sat down In the very first seat, and this this gentleman was obviously homeless, and he began to cry. And I said, are you okay? And he said, yes. You're the first person today that has looked me in the eye and treated me like a human. Kindness. Can we put on some kindness for, for Thanksgiving? What's the next one? Humility. Humility. Philippians 2, 3, and 4. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than ourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. How many have that Famous uh, family member that comes to your family gatherings that has all of the stories, right? And if you tell a story, they've got one better, don't they? Right? Can we show some humility and say, okay, I'm not going to engage in one-upmanship. We, we have a tendency to try that. Just a, a little bit of humility, is okay. We can let others have the spotlight. The next one I love, gentleness. 1 Corinthians 4, 21. What do you desire? Shall I come to you with a rod or with love and a spirit of gentleness? That was Paul talking to the Corinthians. He said, you, you know, it's the carrot or the stick, right? You know, you can, we can come to somebody ready to beat them down, or we can come to somebody with gentleness and love and say it's okay. And, you know, especially, you know, if, if this is the one time a year you get together with, with certain people, with maybe it's with your family, their circumstances, some of them, will have changed in the last year. Some of them, are gonna, it'll be their first Thanksgiving without their mate or without a loved one. And they're going to come to the table or, or, or they're going to be in that living room and the tears are going to start to flow or maybe they'll just kind of get in a little corner. And, and you're like, going, well, well, there's Debbie Downer. There's Dave, you know, Dave the Downer guy. You know, what are they doing? They're pulling everybody down. You know what you need to do? You need to go and you just need to sit with them. You don't have to encourage them, you don't have to say anything, just go sit with them. And if they want to open up, that's great. But in all gentleness, just come alongside them. Just let them know, hey, I'm here, you're not alone. Gentleness, patience, that's another fruit of the Spirit, right? 1 Thessalonians 5.19 But I urge you, brethren, admonish the unruly, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with those that you really like. No? Everyone. Now, who's the everyone it's talking about? Read. What is it talking about? The unruly, the faint-hearted, the weak, Oh, wait a second, I have to be patient with them, too? Yes, sir. You do. And sometimes holidays are the worst time for patients. Anybody a Black Friday shopper? Anybody still do that? I know there's, right now it's kind of hard, right? But if you've ever done the Black Friday thing, right, you're going to get that deal. Right? But there's only so many of them. I remember going to Costco. I was buying a TV for my in-laws. And I got my cart. I got my flatbed. Because this is a big TV. Right? And I'm lined up. And the pallet is empty when I get there. And the Costco guy says, Oh, we got a whole other pallet in the back. You just wait here. And this lady rolls up behind me. And she hits me right in. You know how those flatbed carts right in the calf, and I'm like going. She's just kind of, you know. And and not two minutes later, I mean, we're we're waiting. The pallet hasn't come yet. Bam! I'm like going. We can't go any place. The pallet hasn't got here yet. Finally, I kind of moved out of the way, you know, got my card over here to protect myself. Patience. Being patient. We can put on patience. Is the turkey done yet? Is it 155 degrees or 65 degrees or whatever? Has, has the little, little thing popped yet? We can have patience with others. Well, in verse 13 it says something very interesting. What does it say? In verse 13, bearing one another, bearing with one another, forgiving each other whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Thanksgiving looks a lot like forgiveness. Wow, wouldn't it be great if you could give a little bit of forgiveness for Thanksgiving. What does that look like? I mean, you're gonna, you, you know, the people inerrantly seems to put their foot in their mouth from time to time, and they do it with family, especially. We say things in the heat of the moment, and Thanksgiving's a good time to just say, you know what, I'm sorry, I said, and and own it, we got to own it, right, you cannot just say, oh, yeah, well, you know, uh, you know, yeah, I kind of gave you a hard time, no, you own it, and they say, would you forgive me, and you might get back, what, I don't even remember, didn't even, But now, what did you just do? You gave yourself a great gift because they they didn't remember it. Or maybe they did and it was so bad that they say, I can't forgive you. You still have a great gift, don't you? Because you've given them the opportunity to forgive also. Luke 17, 3-4 says, Be on your guard. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents... Forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times a day and returns to you seven times and say, I repent, forgive him. Jesus went even a little bit farther, didn't he? When Peter came and he said, how many times do I have to forgive my brother? Seven times. No, what did Jesus say? Seven times 70. 490. Wow, really? Really? Forgiveness, it's hard, but it's, it's absolutely imperative to heal relationships. Thanksgiving looks a lot like forgiveness. And why? Why should we forgive? What did the verse say? Who forgave you? What did your sin do? Your sin put Jesus on the cross. And yet he forgave you. And if he can forgive me, I have to forgive others. Well, another question. What are we gonna what are we gonna somebody's knee got, got busy back there? That's all right. I forgive you, brother. It's all right. What are we gonna serve for Thanksgiving? Most of us got we got the big turkey, right? You know, we got all the side trimmings. You know, I was, uh, if you can see the background there a little bit, you know, you got mom bringing out the big old turkey and you got all these little sides that are coming along behind the gravy boat, right? Anybody still use a gravy boat? Those are awesome. Amen. That's cool. What are you going to serve for Thanksgiving? Well, what does Colossians tell us? So the first thing we need to serve up is peace. Peace. Verse, uh, verse 15. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Wow. Peace. Blessed are those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Does this sound a little like somebody else's message last week? About loving your enemies. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind towards one another. Do not be haughty of mind. But associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Yeah. I hear some. You know I hear some little rib, rib cracking going on there. Little. We all know the person who's the smartest one in the room, right? And they will let you know that. (laughs) Don't be wise in your own estimation. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. And that includes the little barbs we tend to throw. The little jabs. Respect what is right in the sight of all men. And I love this last verse. If possible... As far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Peace with all men. Even if I break the good china, be at peace. Be at peace. You know, we, we a lot of us have that one person, that aunt or uncle or cousin or whoever it is that just kind of, you know, you know it's coming. You can't make a vow before you go Just say, it doesn't matter what they say. I'm going to pray peace over them. I'm not going to respond. When the jab comes, I'm just going to say, peace to you. when when instead of instead of getting offended i'm going to say you know the peace of god's here having that peace as far as it de- if possible as far as it depends on you be at peace with all men we need to be aware that we can bring the peace into the relationship We can lay the groundwork. We can serve peace everywhere we go. Well, the other is to serve the Word of God. Serving up the Word of God. Now, I'm not talking about, uh, you know, sometimes we have a tendency to to bring the biggest Bible we can because we're going to thump some heads. Right? You know what the Bible says about this. Bap, bap. Do you get it? That's not the way we serve the word of God, is it? Matter of fact, Ephesians tells us what? But speak the truth in love. We are to grow up in all aspects unto him who is the head, even Christ. If we're going to speak the truth, we have to speak it like Jesus did. He spoke it in love. Now there are some of you that are going to go you're going to go and you're going to say I I've got the truth. And I'm going to speak the truth because it's got to be heard. But if you if you can't speak it in love, zip it up. If you cannot speak it in love, we've we've when we were preaching on James, we've talked about there are, there are sometimes it's not what we say, but how we say it. And they may not be ready to hear that yet. Their heart may not be open, but I guarantee you that, that if you go in love, even if they're not ready to receive it, they know you love them. So be careful how you do it, because the truth has an amazing thing to it, Right? John 8, 31 says, So Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed him, If you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine, and you will know the truth. And what? The truth will make you free. And there's all kinds of people in this world today that are bound up, they've got chains that we know nothing about, they're invisible. To us, but the truth is what's going to set them free. And when we can speak that truth in love, when we can speak the word of God in kindness, when we can do it in gentleness, it's going to last. And the last thing that Colossians talks about in verse 17 whatsoever you do in word or deed. Do all in the name of Jesus Christ, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Do something in the name of the Lord. You see, it's real easy to, to say, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, for, thank you for what you did. Thank you for that promotion. Thank you that, that uh, you know, whatever's happened in your life and we can kind of get fixated on things instead of people. Have you, ever, have you ever thought about going around and thanking the people that are important in your life? Thanking the ones who have spoke into your life, maybe? Thanking the ones who who have made a difference. Doing something in the name of the Lord. You know, this is this is a perfect example of of what I was talking about earlier with the shoeboxes. You guys are so awesome. 510. We did, we did 463 last year. And for that was in the middle of COVID. That was when We didn't have half of the people in the church that were coming on a regular basis. We still did, last year we did 463. This year we did 510. And and for a church this size, most people would say, how do you do that? We do it because Jesus is working through us. We don't do it because, oh, we're going to get our name someplace. We do it because... It's in the name of Jesus. We, we didn't give $8,000 to HCO for a hospital room so that we could, we could feel good about ourselves. We did it because every time a patient enters that room for recovery, somebody's going to pray with them. And somebody's going to share Jesus with them. And they're going to come to Christ. Christ. We do it in the name of Jesus. James 1.22 says, But prove yourself doers of the word and not merely hearers only who delude themselves. You see, we can sit here on Thanksgiving, uh, the Sunday before Thanksgiving, and we can feel really good about ourselves and we got all of these boxes going out and we've got all of the shoe boxes that are going to go out and we've, we, we've got all of these things, but if we go out into our community and we don't ta- we don't wear all of those nice clothes that it talked about, gentleness, patience, kindness. If we, if we aren't in our community loving on them, are they going to want to come sit in these pews? Because we need to show them the love of Jesus. We need to do the love of Jesus. Have you ever thought of that? Love being a doing action that we need to be doing? Because how did Jesus show his love for us? Did he say, oh, hey, all of you folks... I love you, and uh, and good luck. <laughs> right? No, he said, I love you, and I'm going to die for you. That's what communion's about, isn't it? Communion's about the fact of how much Jesus loves us. When he, when he sat down and instituted the Last Supper, right? He said, this is my body, which is broken for you. It was an action. I'm going to give my physical body on the cross. He said, this is my blood, which is shed for you for the remission of sin." The Bible says, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. He says, I'm going to do it once for all. I'm going to shed my blood so that you can have salvation. You can have forgiveness. You can have eternity in heaven. That was love in action. I mean, you you could take all of these things we've talked about today, compassion, gentleness, kindness, patience. You could take all of these things that we've talked about. Forgiveness. Hanging on the cross, what did Jesus say? Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Did all of those Roman soldiers run to become Christians. We know of one that returned and said, surely this is the Son of God. As we come to communion, I want you to to think of what am I going to do this Thanksgiving? How am I going to be the hands and the feet of Jesus because I've been forgiven so much I've been given so much how am I going to take that out into a world that needs him